Good Bone Health makes active aging possible. Join us for inspiring conversations from diverse perspectives in osteoporosis, from patients, healthcare providers, caregivers, policymakers, researchers, advocates, and innovators. Protect your ability to live your best life. The information and opinions expressed in Bone Talk are not intended to replace the services of trained and qualified health professionals or to be a substitute for medical advice of physicians. You may review the National Osteoporosis Foundation's full medical disclaimer at nof.org. Hi everyone, I'm Barbara Hannah Gruffram and welcome to Bone Talk. Today, we're taking a deep dive into how a health crisis can change your life and maybe even save it. Before I introduce our guest, here's a quick story. Shortly before turning 50, I was walking my dog, tripped, fell, and broke my arm. Now, you might be thinking, well, this shouldn't be a life-changing event. But for me, it was. The fall itself wasn't particularly hard. And in fact, most people probably could have just walked away with a bruised ego rather than a broken bone. But at that moment in time, I was postmenopausal, which means estrogen levels had dropped, creating all kinds of havoc in my body, including with my bones. But did I know this? No, I did not. And most other postmenopausal women don't know how much their bones are changing either. After my first bone density test showed osteopenia or low bone density, which can make it a lot easier for bones to fracture if you fall. I had a very long talk with my doctor. Together, we came up with a plan of action to help stop the bone loss that I like to call my personal bone health plan, which included eating more calcium-rich foods, taking vitamin D, magnesium supplements, strength training, and something which became my passion, running. And I also started turning to the National Osteoporosis Foundation, website for guidance and inspiration, and eventually joined the board and became their very first bone health ambassador and a host of Bone Talk. At the time, I was thinking about keeping my bones strong, of course, but as it turns out, this new bone health plan was also helping my heart, brain, weight, and just about every other body part, contributing to my overall improved health and well-being and my desire to age successfully. I hate to think what my health would be like right now at age 64 if I had not embarked on that bone health journey. In fact, just recently, I had another bone density test, something my doctor likes to have me do every two years. And thanks to my plan, my numbers have remained fairly consistent, keeping me off that express train to osteoporosis. Now, it might be a little dramatic, but I like to think that my health crisis almost 15 years ago saved my life. It certainly changed it, and for the better, thanks to an excellent medical partner and a commitment to sticking with my personal bone health plan. Now, my guest today has his own story to share and how he embraced and responded to his own health crisis, which truly changed his life forever. Mark McEwen's career as a TV journalist spans decades, and he served for many years in a variety of high-profile positions, including anchoring CBS This Morning, was entertainment reporter for The Early Show, and so much more. Mark was a mainstay on CBS since joining the network in 1987 until he left in 2002. 
consistently named one of the country's most trusted news personalities. Mark has interviewed many prominent newsmakers, including five presidents and stars like Steven Spielberg, Paul McCartney, Garth Brooks, and so many more. He's covered almost every imaginable television event, including the Oscars, Cannes Film Festival, Golden Globe Awards, Grammy Awards. He even covered three Winter Olympics, including the one in Japan where he also ran with the Olympic torch. I'll never forget that. Mark has even appeared on Jeopardy. And these are just some of the highlights of this truly spectacular career. Now, in 2004, Mark and his family moved to his wife's hometown in Florida. So they could be closer to her mother, who was having some health issues. And he became anchor on the local news station. Life was grand. And then in 2005, everything changed. Now, Mark's career is thriving once again. And we'll pick up on what Mark is doing now a little later. You know, his TED Talk, his super popular blog, his new show on the Black News Channel, and so much more. But something monumental happened to him in 2005 that put his life in a tailspin and really did change it. And that's what we're going to focus on right now. Hey, Mark, thank you for joining me. (laughs) Hello, Barbara. How are you? You know, listening to your story was just wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you. I mean, it pales in comparison to your story, which you're about to tell us, but it really did change my life. And I think in some ways really saved it because who knows what my my health would be like right now if I hadn't embarked on that. But Mark, 2005, pivotal year for you. Tell us what happened. Barbara, I had been on uh, national TV for 16 years, came here to Orlando, was they never mentioned weather, which I did, among other things. They only wanted me to be the anchor. I thought, okay, I came here, and then I had a massive stroke. And that stroke just about killed me. I was in a coma for two days, intensive care for a week, hospital for a month, rehab for a year. Changed my whole life. But uh, I always say you rarely hear lucky and stroke in the same sentence. I think I've been lucky. Well, you wrote a book about it, too, about your whole experience, which I loved and was very inspirational to so many people. And then afterward, you went around the country giving talks, inspiring and motivating people, not only those who have had stroke to overcome all of the things that happened after stroke, but also to encourage people to do everything they can to prevent stroke which in many cases is preventable, right? right? Now, uh, one thing I, everyone, I really have to tell you, Mark and I go way back, very quick story here. Uh, Mark and my husband, Howard, met the very first day of college at the University of Maryland, first day of college, freshman year. And they've been (laughs) darn good buddies ever since. So that's how I had the great pleasure of meeting Mark. So we do go way back. So Not only do I know about this health crisis you have firsthand, personally, but also from your terrific book that I mentioned before. And what was so striking to me, so many things were, but one that you were diagnosed originally as having the flu. Like they didn't even say that you, oh, this man just had a stroke. Tell us about that. Barbara, before I had a stroke, I knew nothing about strokes. I thought a stroke was like having a cold. 
would be gone in two weeks. Here it is 15 years later. I still am feeling the residue of that stroke. So anyway, I was at BWI, a Baltimore-Washington International Airport. I was coming home. All of a sudden, I didn't feel quite right. And I called uh, Denise, my wife, and uh, I told her, she said, eat something. So I, I ordered a slice of pizza, didn't eat it. As uh, she knew, <laughs> if I don't eat something, something's wrong. <laughs> so by ambulance, off I went to the hospital, and my uh, doctor there misdiagnosed me, stomach flu. If he'd said stroke, we'd be having a different conversation right now. He didn't. I, I went home where I was staying, took the flight back the next day to Orlando, and at 30,000 feet up, had a massive stroke. In the air, in midair. Midair. The journey began. Uh, just an incredible experience that you had that really did change your life. I mean, you told us, of course, and then in your book, and in, it, when you give talks around the country, you describe how you really had to relearn everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Barbara, I'm right-handed. My stroke ischemic affected my dominant side, my right side. Mm-hmm. I don't write at all right-handed. I learned to write left-handed. You right. had to relearn how yeah. to write with your yeah. left hand as a result of this stroke. When I write with my right hand, my handwriting is shaky. It's, mm-hmm. This hand shakes, and one day I thought, heck with this, I'll do a left hand. People always say, I couldn't do that. And I always say, you could if you had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the great motivating right. things that you talk about. I mean, you're a you know, living, breathing, walking, talking example right. of someone who's had a not just a, stro- a massive stroke that almost killed you. I mean, I've seen videos of you being interviewed and your doctor and your doctor, your, your medical team being interviewed too. And they came out and said, no, you were close to death. No joke. The fact that here you are sitting and talking with me is just a miracle. It's a miracle. Now, one thing I want to ask you, Mark, because I think this is super important. You know, I'm all about prevention. And just like people really don't know a lot about stroke until it happens to someone that they know or themselves, that's true also of osteoporosis. People just don't know what's going on. I mean, certainly with osteoporosis it's or, or bone loss in general, it's happening. You don't know it because it's silent. It's just happening, right? But there are things to do to prevent osteoporosis. And certainly there are things that we can all be doing to prevent a stroke to the best of our ability. One thing I believe was going on with you health-wise leading up to your stroke is you did have high blood pressure. Is this correct? Yeah. That was unchecked. I mean, was it being treated or or were you being? No. See, everyone listening in. <laughs> I was sorry to pick on you, Mark, but I want to like, hey, what the heck were you thinking? <laughs> I was heavier. When mm-hmm. I lived in New York, I could yep. eat a large pizza, pepperoni and cheese by myself. yeah you you were heavier yeah Yeah. uh having known you for so many years you were heavier and you i didn't know at the time you did have high blood pressure and both of those things 
help to lead up to that massive stroke. So since then, now that you know so much more about what can lead to a stroke, and, uh, and I know you do encourage people in all that you do to take better care of themselves and try to prevent stroke and, and other health issues for that matter. So what, what do you do now that's different than before stroke? Like, well, let, you know, post-stroke versus pre-stroke. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Barbara, you have a dog. I have a dog. <laughs> dog goes for a walk. Uh, Lola goes for a walk, but in turn, she's saving my life because mm-hmm. I'm exercising every day. Barbara, I wasn't a big runner. I never was. Mm-mm. But I can uh, walking last. There she is. Last time I checked, uh, walking <laughs> was free, and uh, uh, so I do that. I also watch what I eat. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say my twins, who are now 17, they have no idea what junk food is because junk food doesn't exist for them. It mm-hmm. does for us. <laughs> I try to eat healthy. Again, if you told me I could never eat a chocolate chip cookie again, I would eat everyone I could find. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think moderation is a good word. And so you can have that, but just don't have it every day. And also, don't smoke. I don't smoke at all. So, No, and you never have either. I mean, as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) It was life before, you know, Howard and Barbara. (laughs) Way back in college. Yeah. So, but you also are very big on doing strength training. I mean, I, I, which I, you know, I'm very happy to hear. I don't know how often you do it now, but I hope that you're doing it pretty often so that you're keeping it, you know, because men can also be affected by osteoporosis for different reasons. And there's a dumbbell right now. (laughs) I should bring mine out too. Yeah. No, you're clearly, and your weight is, you're clearly taking such good care of yourself. Now, really. And you're also a great example for your sons and your daughters and your wife and everyone in your life, right? Uh, Well, Barbara, I didn't choose this part of my life at all. But I always say, these are the cards that I've been dealt. Let's play cards. But it's important to take care of yourself. You have armor around you when you're younger. As you get older, that armor gets thinner and thinner. Your job is to help that armor to help you. Let's talk about resilience for a minute. I mean, first, we've been talking about the physical body and, you know, you're you're walking with Lola and you're lifting up the dumbbells and everything like that. But let's talk about the mental aspect, which you just started to talk about now with that armor. Let's talk about resilience, which is so important because if you have any kind of a health crisis, whatever it is, for me, it was I broke a bone because of low bone density. For you, it was a massive stroke, much more serious. And, you know, people listening could be having their own health crises or, you know, someone they love is having a health crisis. So resilience is critical to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to take all the right steps. So. Help us out with that. What worked for you? I agree. Barbara, I give all my credit to my parents. They put no give up in this dog. Instead of putting on a suit and tie and going to work, my uh, work was gym shorts, shoes, 
top off of Winston's gym. When something happens to you, first of all, when bad things happen, you tend to read about someone who's had something bad happen to them. But when it happens to you, what do you do? So what you want is the world to stop because you have stopped. doesn't work that way. The world goes right on. So your job is you got to be tough. Don't give up. You have to be tough. You cannot give up and say, so be it. No. Rewrite the book and make the book work for you. A mm-hmm. bit the new life you have, do the best with the life you have. You know, what works for me, whatever happens, whatever, whether it's a health crisis or a health crisis of someone in my life, like my mother has gone through a series of health crises. For me, the thing that works the best is when I sit down and and map out a plan. I just find if I feel I have a plan of action that I can really follow, that helps me so much. Like again, in my case, when I told my story about, you know, breaking my bone and realizing my low bone density, you know, I took the necessary steps to try to keep my bones where they were so that I didn't lose any more bone density. You know, and that just made me feel more positive. But I have to say, I think that you and I are kind of in um in some ways in a very good position because I think that we popped out a little more positive than most people. <laughs> I think that we, I think you and I are very similar, very kindred spirit in that way. And that we, I think we wake up every day like, okay, you know, really positive. And like, it takes something that's going on in the world or to make us feel otherwise. Am I right? You're right. And also, <laughs> what you out, Barbara, is everyone has something. You think it's only you. That's right. Look across the street. Look down over there. Look over there. Everyone is dealing with something. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that makes you more giving when you know that it's not just you, it's everyone. So uh, my job is, hey, follow me. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Mark, I don't know if you've watched the show Ted Lasso. Have you watched no. Ted Lasso on Apple? It, it's it's a great series. Everyone, if you want to catch a great show, it's really terrific. And just now what you said reminded me of the scene I saw last night. It was in the final episode of season one. where <laughs> Ted Lasso is a coach of a soccer oh. team in the UK. It's an American coach. Anyway, it's a long story. But in the, it, they had lost a very, very important game. And of course, everyone was devastated, like just devastated. And he said, look around. It's one thing to be sad and alone, but it's another to be sad and together. And that to me was so important because you can apply that message to just about anything. You're right. You know, you're not alone. I mean, and and also to that point, I think it's important if you are going through a health crisis to get your team together. And that team could be, you know, your medical team. You know, I had my doctor as my partner and kind of coming up with my plan of supplements and the like, but also your friends and family, whoever's going to really help and support you. Like you had your wife and, yeah. you know, and then of course, in the years to follow your kids and, and friends and, and your medical team and your physical therapy team and right and yeah. that is so important. 
important when you're going through a health crisis. Surround yourself with the right people who truly care about you. And I, you know, again, that message from Ted Lasso last night really resonated with me. I'm glad I could apply it to our conversation today. That's pretty funny. I wasn't planning on it, but. <laughs> Barbara, when I had my stroke in the hospital, they used to wrap me up like Frankenstein with moving ties so I could walk five feet, six feet, ten feet. And I remember Denise came to the hospital one day and I said, I walked ten feet today. She said, great. And she said, when she left, she thought, he walked ten feet. (laughs) (laughs) She never let on that she was positive. Uh, she would load up the van with the boys. They were two then, and then come get me and take me to rehab and go to the gym with them. And oh God, I, I give all props to her. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Well, well, you know what they say: behind every great man is a <laughs> even better woman. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you are doing so much. Now, please tell us what are some of the highlights. Tell us about that TED Talk that my husband was in the audience for, which uh, was so great. And everyone, uh, you know, everyone, we will be having links to all of this. So please check out Mark's uh, TED Talk. But tell us about the TED Talk, about your blog, which I love. Tell us what you're doing. What are you up to? TED Talk, I did that in New York on Broadway. Mm -hmm. There were 18 speakers. I was the last one. (laughs) What you learn about having a stroke is time is not your friend. As time goes on, your voice tends to, you have to pay more attention to it. So there was a quarter to five. I was up like at six. And backstage were all these people walking in circles, muttering to themselves, trying to remember their talk. So um, here I come. Barbara, I couldn't tell you to this day who was in the audience. It was in the theater, and there were 500 people. that They were, I couldn't tell you. I was busy doing my thing and uh, trying to remember. It was great. It was great. And the picture for my TED Talk was taken by your husband. Howard <laughs> 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 was there. And yeah, he was he there. I'm so proud. So you proud. Go see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Two <laughs> <laughs> grown men crying. <laughs> so anyway, oh, so oh gosh. The blog, I just wrote one about Howard. And I go into Chicago to see uh, Michael Jordan play basketball, which came from you and I talking. And I was like, I have this picture. I wrote that. The thing was, on the flight back, and he remembered, uh, we were talking about Marilyn Monroe, of all people, being married to Joe DiMaggio and Arthur Miller. A guy gets up behind us and goes to the bathroom, didn't see his face, comes back. I see his face because he's glaring at us. Arthur Miller. (laughs) (laughs) For everyone, in case you don't know, he was one of the husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is too funny. Barbara, I'm on the Black News Channel, which is... Yes, please tell us about that. Give us uh, details. That is national. Uh, It's a a brand new channel 
I have a show called All Things Men. It's on, uh, was on every Saturday day 30. Now it's on Saturday and Sunday. Day Yay. I'm used to doing interviews that are three to five minutes long. Doing one on a show, as you know, is entirely different. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Asked yeah, yeah. my questions. I was done. Had 15 more minutes to go. <laughs> so I've learned. Also, Zoom and I'm doing a, uh, you wait until they're done. When they're sitting next to you, you can say, excuse me, you just said something about baseball. And so uh, you ask them that. But in Zoom, if you interrupt them, they go, excuse me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, Zoom is a whole nother ball yeah. of wax, as we both discovered during this pandemic. But good thing we had Zoom. Yeah. I mean, I did a lot of stuff on Zoom. So did you. Yeah. It's great, but it's tricky. It's yeah. tr definitely <laughs> tricky. But what are some of the things you cover, all things men? I know clearly it's geared to men, but it's covered health and anything, politics and what, whatever is going on with that particular guest, right? What I want to do is show them, whoever they are, that what you see, not all the time, but a lot on TV is black people in gangs or thugs or drug dealers, whatever. I just want to show you guys that are doing, we're just like anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I want to show you positive. I'm all about positive. You're all about positive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We just did one about uh, prostate cancer, uh, doctor a surgeon and a guy who survived it. We did uh, um, uh, Adam Clayton Powell III. His father was the first black congressman from Harlem. He's buds with Quincy Jones. He was friends with Nelson Mandela. He knew Mike Wallace. So his stories are great. So By we the way, Mark, he was featured pretty heavily in that documentary that I we saw not that long ago about Quincy Jones, which is a great documentary. Yeah. But yeah, he was in there big time. Yeah, they're very close. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, those are the stories I look for. I will eventually do Denzel and Garth Brooks and uh, people like that. But for right now, I want to bring you people you might not know about. Right. You should know about. Right. And, uh, so uh, off we go. So we just finished one. We have two in the can. And uh, so the n next new one will be probably next weekend. Everyone, again, we're going to have links to all of this. And I really hope you tune in. I mean, Mark has been doing such wonderful, wonderful stuff <laughs> for a long time. And he's doing wonderful stuff right now. And Mark, our conversation's coming to an end. I'm sorry to say, I hope you'll come back again. And I love that you were talking with me about resilience. I think that's super important. Building your team, right? If you're having a health crisis and how very often you need to look at a health crisis as a positive experience because it can change how you're living your life, right? Like I, I did and yeah. like you you have been and I have been. Yeah. And that's how we really want our audience to start to view any health crisis, how it can change your life, maybe even save your life. And right? Exercise is good for stroke, good for osteoporosis. As, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As I often say, because people can get, you know, a little 
overwhelmed thinking, oh no, now I have to do this whole thing for my bone health and then this whole thing for my heart. You know, no, it's like, you know, move your body more, eat the right foods, don't smoke. Those are the basics. If you're doing all of it, keep your weight at a healthy weight. By the way, weight is a very tricky thing for a lot of people. Healthy weight is, are your health check numbers where they should be? And do you feel good, right? I That's agree. what that yeah. means. That doesn't mean you're a size two for women listening out there. <laughs> no. <laughs> People who are listening get overwhelmed. Remember, every journey begins with the first step. Don't look at Mount Everest and go, oh, no, look how big it is. No, every journey begins with the first step. So one step, two steps, three steps. Or and just know. keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yes. Mark, thank you so much. This has been wonderful as always. I love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk soon. Again, we'll have links to NOF resources as well as how to learn more about Mark McEwen and all the wonderful work he is doing at bonetalk.org. For more information about how to keep your bones strong and healthy for life, please visit nof.org regularly for up-to-date information. We always hear amazing things from our guests, but we want to hear from you too. So please visit bonetalk.org and go to share your story to tell us about your experiences. Finally, please do two things. One, subscribe to Bone Talk so you never miss an episode. And two, please share with all your friends and family. Until next time, remember this. We can't control getting older, but we can control how we do it. Bye for now. Thank you for joining Bone Talk, the National Osteoporosis Foundation's podcast that shares information, strategies, and inspiration about good bone health that makes active aging possible. To learn more about bone health, to become involved and or help fuel NOF's mission with financial support, visit nof.org.